Transmitter device activated. Coordinate set for Earth 2. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Earth 2 podcast, your weekly exploration of the pre-crisis DC multiverse and the legacy of their Golden Age characters through the Silver and the Bronze Ages of comics. I'm Peter Watson. And I'm David Steele. Welcome back. Listeners, someone wrote in and told us they got a full back tattoo of Peter's introduction and it cost them £300 and it hurt like anything. No, that's not true. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. You may remember when we talked about Black Canary transferring to Earth 2 that we said we weren't going to do every single Black Canary story because it would take us forever to get everything done. But we did qualify that and said that we'd do the occasional odd extra Black Canary story if mm-hmm. we felt like it. And so this week we're doing exactly that. We're doing a Black Canary story that appears across issues 418 and 419 of Adventure Comics. Yes, we are back once again in the pages of Adventure Comics. We're never away from Adventure <laughs> Comics at this point, which is fine because it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Obviously, at this point, Adventure Comics is being headlined by Supergirl, so we're not going to tell you everything that happens on the cover, because it's completely irrelevant, and the amount of time that I've rabbited on already today, we need to save a little bit of time. However, Peter is going to tell you about the little banner that runs along the top of Adventure Comics 418. Yes, and again, we're at that strange period where we don't have the normal DC Comics logo. Instead, we have DC Adventure Comics and Supergirl standing in a circle. Mm. And the banner at the top tells us who else is in this issue. We have The Phantom Stranger, Black Canary, and finally... Dr. Midnight. Yes, very exciting. The Dr. Midnight story is one of those previously unpublished ones, but as we've said many times, we have an episode planned. Not sure when we're going to do it, but we're going to do an episode where we talk about all the previously unpublished Golden Age stories mm-hmm. and things. Yes, I like that. Nice little blue banner along the top, ending in a 52 pages, don't take less. So, I'm very quickly, I'm just going to boast. I'm going to hold, the, hold this up for the benefit of our YouTube viewers. My copy of issue 418 is double covered. Fantastic. Oh, I love it when that happens. I've got a few. I think I've talked about this before. My issue, my copy of Showcase issue 60 is double covered. Mm-hmm. I've got an issue of Icon, the Milestone series, mm-hmm. and I've got an issue of House of Mystery. I think that's the only ones that I've got that I can think of off the top of my head. I've got an issue of the 80s Hawkman series. Wow! I think my Tales of the Legion Annual, number five, I think it's a, a double cover. Excellent! And I'm sure I've got others as well, but none that spring to mind at the moment. But Right. But yeah, the Hawkman one's really cool. Impressive. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, listeners, do you have any double covers? Write in and let us know. Peter will tell you to do that at the end of the episode. So, Black Canary, in the pages of Adventure Comics 418, published on the 29th of February, 1972. We haven't had many of those. No, a leap year comic. How exciting. The 29th of February, 1964, was the broadcast of the Doctor Who episode The Singing Sands, which is also the name of a novel by Josephine Tay. There you go. There's some 29th of February pop cultural facts for you there. Peter is rolling his eyes for the benefit (laughs) of our YouTube viewers. So, we're just going to hop straight into this. We have a caption at the top that says, Presenting an all-new adventure of the loveliest lady crime fighter of them all, the Black Canary. Yes, nice Black Canary logo. And we have a very large opening splash image, which is a scene from later in the story. Black Canary, seen from behind, with some lady standing to her right, all dressed in sort of white, I want to say kimonos or karate outfits or something. That's what they look like. And facing up to Black Canary, three very ghoulish-looking figures. They look like men. Um, they're wearing suits. And they appear to have sort of like very scary masks on. They look almost... I was reminded of the, the walking scarecrows from the Doctor Who story Human Nature. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. But I was also equally reminded of Mannix meets the Uglies from the Eagle 
in the, the early 80s, <laughs> if you remember uh-huh. that one, Peter. Yes. It's a deep cut for our UK listeners. When are we doing a Doomlord podcast, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> After the Dial H and the Challengers and... Add <laughs> it to the list. <laughs> um, so, yes, these scary figures are all pointing pistols at Black Canary and the other ladies. Interesting. A caption between the big Black Canary logo and this panel says... Muscles tensed, she faces her masked foes and her own sudden violent death. A small caption tells us that... Alex Toth, art. Yes, and listeners, I've said in the past how sometimes we haven't done justice to the artwork of the stories we're covering, and this is another one. Mm -hmm. I would encourage you to track down Adventure Comics 418 and 419 so you can read along, because these stories are fantastic. The artwork is next level. It's like nothing else, quite frankly. Another caption... Addressing this opening splash image rounds out this first page, and it says, In these few seconds, she recalls how she came to this den of danger. Yep, and we arrive at the top of page two. The caption continues. When, only the week before, as Dinah Drake, she faced another, less critical dilemma. A very startling image of Dinah Drake. Black-haired, obviously, because Black Canary wears a wig. Dinah is leaning back on her couch, looking at a framed photograph of Green Arrow, which we can see has been dedicated to my BC, All My Love, Green Arrow. And Dinah is gazing at this photograph wistfully, and she's thinking, He's gone again, or chasing an injustice, or a dream. Why did I ever fall in love with Green Arrow, my restless Robin Hood? She leans forward on the next panel. It does me no good at all to sit around and mope, and I can't afford it holding up a newspaper now, cup of tea in her hand in panel three. This widow lady has to find a job, and that won't be easy. I'm an expert at judo, that's all. Small chance that anyone seeks that talent in a woman, and her eyes widen. She looks, obviously, at an advertisement in the paper in the next panel. But somebody does. I can't believe it. This ad. Then she says out loud, Wanted. Woman to teach class in oriental self-defense techniques. Apply in person. And then we get a Marvellous montage along the bottom of page two as she drops her newspaper and puts on her Black Canary costume, thinking, And so I will, but I'll be much more impressive as the Black Canary. And you can bet your bottom dollar listeners that little sequence of panels will find its way onto the socials. Mm-hmm. The first caption on page three then. Later. And there's a massive <laughs> sound effect as Canary roars along on a motorcycle, which we should point out she's not wearing a helmet. Just very, very naughty of her. Caption for panel two. By noon, she reached her destination. Yes, a very urban setting here. We can see her motorbike parked in the foreground. Take a drink, for there are many, many dustbins lying around. An old building, which has a big sign in the window that says, Women's Resistance League. As Canary approaches the building, she thinks, I've been in nicer neighbourhoods. Still, it's a job. The next panel she has entered, we can see a woman who looks... She reminds me of the woman from, what are they called, the Incredibles movies that designed their costumes. Oh, yes. Uh A small-looking woman with centre-parted dark hair, she's a heavily lined forehead, big, wide-framed glasses. She sat behind a desk. We can see a calendar behind her, a, a kettle, a big sign that says, Woman Power. As she enters this building, Canary says, Hello. I've come about the position you advertised. Oh, yes. You look familiar. Have I seen you before? Or your picture in a newspaper, perhaps? In the next panel, we see that Canary has entered the room properly now, and there's a very large, mustachioed gentleman suddenly standing behind her. 
the woman behind the desk continues. Yes, you're the Black Canary. Right. Tell me, can you live up to your reputation, honey? If you mean, do I know Juno? The answer is yes. Let's see. Timothy, test her. And the large brutish hands of the large brutish fellow that we saw standing behind Canary in the previous panel reach in for her. And then the bulk of page four is taken up with a fight between them. Timothy grabs Canary round the waist and we can hear him saying, <laughs> Gotcha, little old birdie. But there are some nerves and rocks and whoosh and frars and whoosh as Canary basically elbows him in the stomach and Judo chops him in the neck and Judo chops him in the side and she ducks down and grabs his leg and pulls his leg through her leg so that he falls back over and he's lying in the final panel of page four. Stars spinning all around him and Canary says to the older lady, Want to try again? No need. The job is yours. Fantastic. We arrive at the top of page five. The woman starts to walk away saying, I'm Bertha Kane. President of the Women's Resistance League. The next panel, they've started to walk down a narrow corridor. We can see them in silhouette, very effective. Canary says, Mind telling me its purpose? To make women equal to men in every way, including physically. We're tired of being dominated by male strength. Sounds good. When do I start and, and where? Right now and back through there in our new gym. Your first class awaits you. Then... And we're in the new gym and we see four women... One woman appears to be of Chinese origin, another woman with dark red hair and a heavy fringe, another lady who appears to be wearing a hedgehog on her head, and another lady with a sort of her hair up in a bun, it looks like. And they're all wearing the white sort of judo outfits that we described badly from the splash page. Canary stands with her arms folded and contemplates the ball and says, We'll begin with a brief history of judo and its traditions. But she's interrupted by Bertha, who says, Ah, uh, let's forgo academics, BC, and move on to more practical matters. Like the tricks you flatten Timothy with. No need to be gentle. Our women are tough. Very well, says Canary. We'll start with a simple throw. And she starts to grapple with the lady who has the hedgehog haircut. It's a caption at the top of page six. For the next five days, she worked hard, giving her pupils skills a lesser instructor might have taken weeks to teach. Nice little montage of Canary fighting with the, the other women in the class. And then the next panel... They're all fighting themselves in the background, practicing. Canary is mopping her face with a red towel and she says, OK, that's all for now. Dinner break. Then she thinks in the next panel, Bertha wasn't kidding. These gals are rugged. They learn quickly, as if violence was native to them. Hmm. In the final panel of page six, we see her walking down a wooden staircase to a lit but still very dim room. And as she does this, she thinks, well... Who or what they are isn't my concern. My job is. Maybe if I can find a quiet spot in the cellar for some rest and reading. You can see she has a book under her arm. In the first panel of page seven, she's down in the cellar, and we can see there's a, a bit of a crack of light because of, there's a doorway that's slightly ajar. Canary thinks, Voices from behind that door. And from inside the room, we hear a couple of voices indeed. One of them says, You covered the front. Another one says, we won't hesitate to shoot. And in the next panel, panel two of page seven, almost a canary's eye point of view, she peeks in through the door. We see that Bertha and the students are being held at gunpoint by some suited figures that we can see from the back of their heads. They're wearing masks. These are the figures we saw on the splash page. Canary thinks, they're holding my class at gunpoint. But then in panel three, a grotesque, almost very like Lon Chaney's Phantom of the Opera mm. style green mm -hmm. mast figure appears behind her, holds a gun in her face and says, Reach, baby, and go inside quietly. 
Thus, we've come full circle, back to the present, telling how the Black Canary came to be in this circle of doom. Yeah, we're back to the opening splash panel. The green masked figure pushes Canary further into the room, and we see another white masked figure, who also actually, now that I think about it, looks a bit like Lon Chaney <laughs> as the fans with the opera. Maybe they got a job lot. Made on. But they still have that look of them. They still look a bit kind of sack-like. They're kind of really quite unpleasant. Mm. As Canary shoved forward, the green masked figure says, too bad you happened by, sweetie. We have no other choice now. And then the figure in the white mask says, You'll have to die, too. And at this point, Canary starts to lean forward and she says, I object. And the next panel, she kicks back, saying, Physically. And kicks the brown suit, green masked bad guy in the chest. They are surprised and drop their gun. And then Canary, in the next panel, has grabbed that same suited masked figure and flipped them over her shoulder. The white suited figure cries, Stop her! And the poor green masked figure that's just been flipped says, You stop her! And then the next panel is a massive wham sound effect as Canary has grabbed the other masked suited figure that was already in the room and hurled them back into the white masked figure that we were just dealing with. Fantastic! The caption then for the next panel. After. Yep, Canary's leaning down, picking up the pistols of these figures, and she says to Bertha and the others, Consider this a practical demonstration of how judo really works. Bertha, call the police. I'll stand guard. But then... No, you won't, says Bertha, and with a whock sound effect, she cautions Canary on the back of the head. Canary falls to the ground, and we see Bertha standing over her with her students, and we also see that the suited figures have got up, and they're taking their masks off, and they're not men, as we previously thought, but they're women. The one who's wearing the green mask says, Should have done that before, boss. The broad nearly crippled us. To which Bertha says... Had to wait till it was over. I didn't want her racking me up, too. The one in the pinstripe suit who was wearing the white mask says, Does this change our plans any? To which Bertha replies, No, it just adds a step. And then, in the final panel of page eight, we see one pinstripe suited figure aiming its pistol at Black Canary's head. As Bertha says, Well, what are you waiting for? Finish her off. And a small caption says, To be continued. And then another bit of captioning, at the right of this panel says, Hang in there, gang. Try to wait for the next adventure shattering climax to this newest plight of The Black Canary. So, come back next week, listeners, and we'll give you the story. We'll give you part two from issue 419 of Adventure Comics. I'm just kidding. Adventure Comics 419 was published on the 30th of March, 1972. We're not going to describe the cover, but... Peter is going to read you the banner that runs along the bottom of the cover. Plus in this issue, Zatanna and a nightmare called Gorgonus. If you remember us telling you about that story. And the Phantom Stranger in Dead Man's Hand. Also, Black Canary, the lady crime fighter. Extra, the Enchantress. In Beauty versus the Beast. Fantastic, listeners. Adventure Comics was such good value at this point. Oh, honestly, absolutely. you got so much mm-hmm. bang for your 25 cents. It really was. It was cracking. Yes, obviously, as we said, we'd encourage you to track these issues down to read along with us because Alex taught the artwork is phenomenal. But also, in this, you're getting the Black Canary story we're about to do. You're getting the Zatanna story that follows up from a recent episode. And you get a Phantom Stranger reprint. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. All that plus the Supergirl story that we didn't tell you about that's on the cover. Anyway. <laughs> so... Flicking through, we find our Black Canary story. On the opposite page, there's a, a DC house ad for the second issue of DC's run of Tarzan. 
Hey. So that's worth pointing out that at this point, DC had the had acquired the Burroughs license from Gold Key. If we haven't mentioned that already. It's also worth saying around about this time that Jonah Hex had made his first appearance. Oh, yes. And Weird War Tales had started being uh-huh. published. So just you know, further context of all everything that was going on. So we begin. A small corner caption reads, Concluding an all-new adventure of the loveliest lady crime fighter of them all, the Black Canary. It certainly looks as though that little concluding caption has just been added to the the previous one yes, from uh-huh. the, the other issue. The text underneath the Big Black Canary logo continues. The time, a moment ago. The place, the cellar gym of the Women's Resistance League, which had hired the Black Canary to teach its membership judo, and where she had just come upon an armed band of disguised women threatening her student class. Whereupon she counterattacked, only to be treacherously cut down from behind by her employer, Bertha, the League's president. Well done, Peter. One take. Amazing. There you go. That's what I do. Now, this is a very interesting image here. What we have is Canary lying on the ground of this cellar room, and we see the faces of the other characters are talking, we see the pistol pointing at her. But it's kind of been done as if some photographs have been taken and sort of scattered around to make up the image we'll stick it on the social so you can see but it's it's very clever it's a nice fancy bit of storytelling i think it's great i imagine the contemporary correspondents probably hated it (laughs) (laughs) so amongst this collage then we see bertha if you remember her with her thick glasses and her weird nanomuscuri haircut saying ha that's a switch she couldn't expect and one of her nasty evil student type people says nice work boss She'll have to die. And then the figure, pointing a pistol at Black Canary, says, Yeah, we can't let her spoil our plan. One twitch of my finger and no more canary. Just feathers. However, in the first panel of page two, Bertha seems to change her mind. She grabs the pistol, forces it back up, and her her associate scowls viciously. Bertha says, No, wait. We might make more use of her later, as our hostage. Our ticket's out, should anything go wrong. The figure with the gun says, Wrong? What could go wrong? Our leader herself planned the break. Bertha says, Until we free her to take over, do as I say, and now. Interesting, their leader. Until we free her, interesting. Panel three. We're outside the building, as a cat looks on. I wonder if that's a clue. See a red van with its doors open, being held open by the pinstripe figure. And from inside... We hear Bertha's voice saying, Take the canary to the van out back and tie her up tight. Make sure no one sees you doing it. And load on the guns, gas and, and concussion grenades. Okay, okay, okay already. And that's continuing to panel four. As we see canary with her hands tied behind her back down on the floor of the van. You can see the pinstripe suited goons sat around. Caption them for panel five. Later. The van's obviously get ready to go. We can see Bertha. In the front seat, sat beside one of the, the suited goons. The suited goon says, Do we put our masks on again? Not now. We've got a 450 mile drive out into the boondocks to make the interception point by morning. See, again, Canary stretched on the ground. The final panel of page two has no dialogue. It's just the van pulling off. Very, very effective. A caption at the top of page three. Hours later, consciousness slowly returns to the Black Canary as she hears Bertha say... Very effective three-panel sequence, Canary stretched out on the floor of the, the van listening. We hear Bertha's voice indeed. After we free our leader, we'll pluck the canary and leave her there on the spot. 
The police will think she was the brain behind the break. <laughs> and as all this is going on, Kennedy is thinking, So, our Bertha's in with mass goons. Figures. Got to get out of these ropes. We can see at this point our ankles have been bound as well. The next panel, it's almost like we're looking back into the back of the van from the front seat. Kennedy's thinking, If I can find some rough edge to saw the ropes on, I don't know how much time I've got left. Caption then for panel five. Another hour of hard, jouncing ride. Cracking shot, it must be said, of Canary's backside. Really, there's nothing else for it. <laughs> As she's trying to scratch the ropes against the side of the van, she's thinking, Ah, yes, here's one. The bouncing ride will cover my sawing motion. I hope. Awesome. The next panel, very moody shot of Bertha in the front of the van, driving along. Excellent way that half of her face in shadow. Very effective. Yeah. Canary calls from the back of the van. Bertha, I'm awake and curious. I heard you say I'm going to be shot. Mind telling me where? Not at all, BC. And that little exchange happening in a nice moody shot of the van progressing down the highway. A tiny caption tells us we are continued on the second page following. And the first panel of page four is another shot of the van with its headlights beaming. And we hear Bertha's voice from inside saying, We're taking a long drive out into the boondocks to intercept a prison car in which our leader is being taken to a maximum security prison. After we free her, you'll get yours. We'll think of UBC every time we do a job using the judo you taught us. Oh no. Canadians listening to all this in the foreground of panel three of page four, we can see the rub, rub, rub as she attempts to rub her ropes against the side of the van. She thinks in the next panel, she's happily gloating over my apparent hopelessness. She closes her eyes in the next one, thinking, I'd be hopeless, were it not for my rebel Robin Hood, the Green Arrow, lecturing me. In the next panel, very effective shot of Green Arrow and Black Canary, with almost like a spotlight being shone on them, and about half a dozen, maybe more, guns pointing at them. A little flashback scene, obviously. And Green Arrow is saying, Beautiful bird lady, if you must ever give up, do it ten minutes after you've drawn your last breath, and not a second before. First panel of page five, back with Canary in the present, still lying in the back of the van, and she thinks, Green Arrow's right. Where there's life, there's hope. I've still got a chance if these ropes will give. Caption for panel two. Later in the cold grey light of dawn. They've obviously reached the interception point. It's a nice aerial shot of the van coming to a stop, and inside we hear Bethel's voice saying, This is it. We're here. Now to block the road. There. Good. And they've turned the van so that it's basically a cutting across both lanes, preventing anyone from getting through. In panel three, Bertha's out the van, and she's directing a couple of her sooted goons, pointing one way and the other, and she says, Take cover. Ready your gas and concussion grenades. And check your guns. The next panel, we see Bertha and the goon in the pinstripe suit, and Canary, who's still in the van. Bertha's saying, Okay, Marcy. Well, goodbye, Canary. It's been a pleasure employing you. Canary thinks quickly. I must stall for time. Then she says in the next panel, Marcy, are you really going to shoot me in cold blood? And she thinks, need a few seconds more. And then Marcy, who is the name we now have for the, the unfortunate goon in the striped suit, says, You want me to build a fire under you or something first? Canary thinks in the next panel. We see the pistol... Very close to her head. Oh dear, Canary thinks quickly. I I can feel the ropes giving way. Yes. Then in the first panel of page six, she breaks free. There's a rap sound effect as she reaches forward and strikes Marcy on the wrist. Canary thinks, must be quick and quiet. 
And in the next panel, with a crack, she punches Marcy on the jaw, thinking, Take a nap, Marcy. There! That's Marcy out for the count. Caption in for panel three all of a sudden. At that moment... And there's a screeching of brakes as a blue saloon car comes hearing along the road and quickly comes to a halt. A voice inside cries, Hill, look out! And then we move in closer in panel four to get a better view of what's going inside the car. We see the back of a feminine head, long, thick, dark hair, and the silhouettes of two, obviously two policemen, who are keeping an eye on her. The first one says, Hill, get that truck off the road. Hill replies, Yes, sir. Gets out of the car, starts walking towards the van in the next panel, and then off camera we hear presumably Bertha cry, Let go grenades! In the final panel of page six, there are some sound effects as no less than four grenades come flying into view. The young policeman looks startled, at least we think he looks startled, we can only see the back of his head. The first panel of page seven, the first caption says, Gas and concussion grenades erupt! There is a massive shrumph! Sound effect. Oh my goodness, I hope he wasn't killed. In the second panel, Canary has leapt into the front of the van, into the driver's seat. Grabbing the wheel, she thinks, Bertha's begun the attack. She'll pull it off too, unless I smash up her ambush party. And with that, she drives the van off the side of the road and towards where a couple more of the sooted goons were hiding in the undergrowth. They run off, crying, Run! Canary jumps out of the van, swinging a branch, thinking, Now, back to Bertha. Crawling through the vegetation, crawling through the trees in panel five, back up towards the road, we can see indeed that the first policeman's down on the ground. Bertha with a large gun and one of the other sooty goons making her way towards the saloon car. Canary thinks, She's at the car. Gotta move fast and hard. In the next panel, we see Canary emerging from undergrowth and running across the road, and then we hear Bertha's voice say, You, in the car. Send out your prisoner now, or you're a corpse. And in the first panel of page 8, we see that the sooted goons have put their masks back on, and the one in the green mask says, Come on! And with that, Canary puts her hands on the roof of the car and vaults over the top of it, saying, Okay, here I am, you two Halloween horrors, just in time! And in the next panel, with a fuck and a pow, she kicks both of them in the face. Fantastic. Canary says, Right on the button, eh? In panel three, they're both out for the count on the ground. Canary ducks down, leans down, looking at them and thinks, So much for Bertha and co. And then from inside the police car, the other policeman, the one who wasn't caught with the grenades, says, Beautifully done, miss. He continues in the next panel, I radioed the local police to help round up the rest of this mob. You might like to meet the woman they tried to set free. In the next panel, Black Canary leans down and we see... A very familiar figure wearing a very familiar purple cat mask. Canary says, The Catwoman! Well, well, the Batman's old foe is Bertha's leader. To which a very unimpressed looking Catwoman replies, Go choking some birdseed, Canary. Meow. From inside the car, the surviving officer says, Anything I can do for you, miss? And Canary says, Hmm. Know of any jobs for a judo expert? And a small caption says, End. Well, that was great fun, wasn't it? That was fantastic. No credits for a writer there, but it was Denny O'Neill who wrote it. Right. But Alex Toss' artwork is just phenomenal in this. Genuinely phenomenal. Yes. It's going to be very difficult to narrow that down to 10 panels for Instagram <laughs> purposes, listeners. Peter will probably end up posting the whole story on Facebook, so you should maybe have a look at No, Facebook I shan't. Instead. That's not allowed. <laughs> I'll post as much as I can possibly get away with. <laughs> 
No, but what did you think? No, I loved it. It rattled along. It didn't take as long to to get through or to read, and it was very quick and very effective. Mm -hmm. Nice to get a little bit of an insight into Canary's priorities and problems outside her Justice League missions and Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. I would have maybe liked it if she'd been a little bit less do-eyed about Green Arrow, but I suppose, you know, that's fair enough. I loved the <laughs> I loved the last minute cameo. Is that the first time Black Canary and Catwoman have ever met in a comic? Yeah, I mean, there's not really a as far as I'm aware, there's not really a sequel to this story. But it seems like a natural adversarial relationship, you know, the, the cat, cat and the canary. canary jinx. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was it was great fun. I mean, Bertha obviously is like, and some of the others were kind of almost caricatures in their stylings. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that Green Arrow only appears in flashback, and it's all about Canary, and she she looks tremendous, and she she works very well, very very well in it. It's um, Alex Toth art is fascinating. It's so yeah. deep and dark and and clever the way that the panel structure worked out. The storytelling is phenomenal. I mean, nowadays you well not even nowadays. I described the panel where we see the van, the high shot of the van pulling out of the alleyway and moving off. Yeah. You can imagine even a couple of years earlier, there would have been a caption that said, the van pulls out of the alleyway yes. and moves uh-huh. off. Uh-huh. You know. That'd be Gardner all over, yeah. They're starting to credit the audience with a little bit more intelligence that they can that they can follow the stories mm-hmm. and they don't need everything sort of handed to them on a plate or spoon fed. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's very intelligent storytelling. That whole sequence made up with the canary lying on the, on the ground and the photographs, like, as panels over her. Yeah. I had major killing joke flashbacks to that, because Brian Bolling used a similar, similar technique. Really? Uh, with with photographs. It was actually photographs as opposed to uh, panel storytelling images. Right. It was pictures that the Joker had taken that he used in that. But... Right. I haven't read Killing Joke in a very, very long time, so I'll need to go and grab it off the shelf while you say that and remind ah, myself. Yes, that's uh, a similarity that pops into my head. Another thing that pops into my head was, I wonder if... Black Canary ever met the Earth 2 Catwoman? Ooh. Obviously, she knows that Catwoman's Batman's old foe, so... Yeah. Is that from Earth 2, or does does she know from... Interesting. ...from Earth 1 now, or... Yeah, has this come up in conversation? Yes, has has, has she been reading Batman's records? Yes. <laughs> so to speak. It reminds me of all those Marvel comics when um, a member of the Avengers recognises a bad guy from... It's usually Hellcat for some reason <laughs> in my head. Um, recognises someone from the, the Avengers recording tapes or whatever. And you just sort of think, yeah, yeah it could be one of those. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fair question because it, it suggests, it, at the very least, that Black Canary is, is familiar with Catwoman. Uh-huh. So how did that happen? Is it a, a missing adventure almost? And this is the first time she's really been referred to as Dinah Drake. Yeah, that's true. That's also true, mm. as opposed to Dinah Lance. Yeah. That's interesting. Which doesn't stick because <laughs> she goes back to Dinah Lance very no. quickly. No, no. But the main takeaway from this story, the story is very simple, but it's it's a good fun runaround for, what, what yes. all in all, 16 pages? 16 pages don't take less. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, as we said, we're, we're not going to do every Canary story, but we thought this one was just, you know, I think because she's solo in this one, it's worth doing. Yeah, without a doubt. It gives, as we say, you know, she's worried about money and stuff, so uh-huh. maybe the Justice League aren't paying their, their, their members a wage at this point. <laughs> no, I don't think so. That's something to consider because, you know, it's it's part of her... You know, it's interesting. There's no mention of our of our florist's business or anything yeah, like that's that true. at this point. That's very you know, true. I, I can't remember how how much Denny O'Neill had done with that in Hard Traveling Heroes. So you know, that's an interesting thing to consider. But certainly, that was her profession in the Golden Age stories, and also in her Silver Age appearances before she migrated over to Earth One. And of course, of course. she went back to that in the Mike Grell run with her fantastically titled shop called Sherwood Florist, <laughs> which I loved. Fantastic. Genuinely loved that. That's good. 
Uh, any yes, any chance for some subtle wordplay or not so subtle wordplay? I'm all over it. It's great fun. <laughs> <laughs> but when you think about it, Adventure Comics this time, you've got this story here with this fantastic Alex Toth artwork, and right about the same time, you've got some amazing Grey Morrow artwork on the Zatanna stories, and of course the Vigilante stories. Mm-hmm. It's a tour de force, isn't it? There's so much yeah. different storytelling and inventive storytelling and adventurous, should I say, storytelling in this book. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. I like the fact that the Phantom Stranger reprint, mm-hmm. the stranger's been redrawn, so he looks like he like he does in the seventies at this point. That's quite an interesting thing to to think about. Really? Okay, I hadn't noticed that. Yeah, you can see the the medallion chain in the in the cloak, and of course, as we mentioned before, there's another enchantress story. So, as I said at the top, plenty of bang for your buck or your 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 quarter dollar, mm-hmm. or whatever you want to put it. Yeah. Shall we skip ahead to the reader reaction from the time? Yes. So, listeners, very quickly, we're looking at the, the letters page in Adventure Comics 422. There's a letter from Mike W. Barr. Future DC writer. Yep. Quite a long letter where he talks about all the features, but we're just going to read out what he says here that concerns us. The Black Canary story, sad to say, was an utter waste. <gasps> Basically, it was just an eight-page fight scene with no plot at all. Alex Toth has turned out some fine art in his time, but this story looked as though it was whacked out in about half an hour. Well, thanks for that input, Mike. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm guessing Alex Toth never worked with Mike Barr in a comic. Yes, I would, <laughs> I would imagine so. Um, the next letter is from our old pal Richard H. Morrissey from Framingham, Massachusetts, and he touches on Black Canary as well, saying, The Black Canary story was pretty good, though I can't see why BC needs a new job. Whatever happened to the teaching job at Meadowhill School? That must be another reference to her travelling heroes. Must be. It was much more original and richer in plot possibilities than this issue's judo-instructing position. Besides, I'm a conservative, small c. I don't think superheroes should do paid work, except for charity, in their costumed identities. Alex Todd's work is acceptable, but I wish he'd use more detail, particularly on BC's wig. <sighs> didn't I say that they wouldn't like it? Didn't I say? <laughs> That's an interesting point he raises, because... Uh, remember early on in Spider-Man's career? Yes. He basically tr- tried to become a professional wrestler and stuff, and he did very yes. well, but he couldn't cash a check made out to Spider-Man. Of course. Is Black Canary going to try and cash a check made out to Black Canary? That's a fair point. That's reasonable. Who's going to do our taxis? Uh, you know, what's, how's this working? That is reasonable. Hmm. It was, yeah, I mean, I think these Alex Toth Canary episodes, I think they're... I don't think too much thought was put into them. I think they're probably just no. done as filler more than anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to fill up adventure comics. What have you got? Oh, I can do this Canary story. Right, you know. They obviously haven't thought about the previously established continuity, whatever this teaching job was. They haven't mm-hmm. thought through the implications of, of Canary having to, you know, do what you said, you know, realistic, real stuff. It's, but it's, yeah. it's a valid point. It's interesting. I don't know what he's talking about with the wig, though, because her hair looks absolutely spectacular. Yes. Anyway... How camp did I sound there, listeners? <laughs> the final letter is from one David Dash in Brooklyn, New York, and what he says regarding this story is, The whole Black Canary story seemed like an introduction to something else, but I like the logo. I was never a great admirer of Alex Todd's work, but I'm willing to give it a chance to sink in. So there we go. I'm having Neil Adams and the Spectre flashbacks. Yeah, it's like what we've said in the past. People at this point, a lot of them, they just do not want to see any progression. They just want no. safe, ordinary, unexciting, unadventurous little stories that don't really push the envelope or don't do anything interesting whatsoever at all. Mm. Nope. So we'll skip ahead to Adventure Comics 423 for the reader response to the second part of this story. And the first letter comments. Of course, the most exciting feature of 419 was the Black Canary yarn. More, please! The script moulded Canary into a sleek, no-nonsense panther who strikes with finality. 
and she can't sense of pride. Gosh. Yet the other side, the girl side of Canary, was also shown absolutely superb. Also superb was Alex Toth's artwork. Excellent, here we go. Not since the great Eisner has anyone mastered the art of the moody drawing like Toth. Fantastic. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Most artists show their superheroes frozen in mid-leap, punch, or whatever have you. Toth is different. He seems to make the characters move right on the page. Toth's pen and ink gives the figures a much-needed kick in the rear that prods them into motion like no other artist can. Mr. Toth, my hat of respect is off to you. And that is from Greg Potter from Warwick, Rhode Island. Excellent. The editorial response says, thanks, but what's with this panther, she-cat? Aren't you confusing the canary with catwoman? <laughs> the second letter only mentions Black Canary briefly. However, it's from someone very interesting. And he says, as for Black Canary, my only complaint is that you waited till the next to last panel to bring in the Catwoman. I think that the pair would make for a fine battle. You know, the cat and the canary. How about it? Just what we said, really. Mm. And that's from Bob Rosakis, the answer man himself. Excellent. Future DC writer Bob Rosakis from Elmont, New York. And the next letter says, the concluding Black Canary tale was very well done. It moved along fine and had a great surprise ending. More of Black Canary in the future, but with a better artist. <gasps> Gasp. <laughs> oh my goodness, they don't know they're born. That's from Joe Peluso, Brooklyn, New York. Well done, Joe. Nice one. Hmm. And that's the last letter that comments on the Black Canary story. Well, a mixed response then, as usual. <laughs> one massive rave and a few get rid of that artist. Who is this guy? Yeah. Oh well. One day these people will grow up. <laughs> yes. Listeners, what did you think of this excellent story? Write in and let us know. <laughs> you can email us at theearth2podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you follow us on social media where you can find some of the lovely, gorgeous, beautiful panels from this and some extra bonus material as well. On Facebook and Instagram, we're at the Earth 2 Podcast and on Twitter, we're at podcast underscore Earth 2. It's the number two for all our social media. And you can find this and all of our episodes on our website. That's the earth2podcast.com. Yes, check out the bonus material in the, the socials this week. Listeners, found a few foreign reprints of Adventures 418 and 419 that will stick up and I've put together a, a Black Canary cover gallery as well to give her a bit of spotlight action. So that'll do. That's all good. As I always say at this point, if you're enjoying the podcast, tell your friends or at least go to wherever it is you receive your podcast and write us a nice review because that will be appreciated. It certainly will. So on that note... I've been Peter. I've been David. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again very soon for another episode of The Earth, Earth 2, 2 Podcast. Podcast. Transmatter Cube activated. Return coordinates set for Earth Prime. And I'm aware that my Canadian voice is slipping closer to my Wentworth Miller voice. <laughs> I'm trying to fight it. Interesting. Captain Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Interesting casting. <laughs>